Two Soul Pop. I'm Eve. And I'm Laura. And today we're going to be talking about LGBT, Two Soul and travel. Now, do you want to give a bit of background information about why we chose to prioritise this topic? Yeah, I think it's obviously a really important topic, but I think questions uh, very rarely get asked and addressed in a public way. Yeah. So I think it w we wanted to interview somebody to find out about what it is like living and working in countries where LGBT is perhaps illegal or discriminated against. Absolutely. So to help us today with our questions, we have our special guest, Brian. Hello. <laughs> Brian, would you like to introduce yourself briefly and just say where you've uh, worked as a teacher and trainer? Uh, yes, um, I've worked in Taiwan. Hong Kong and also Tunisia and a bit in Europe as well and Dubai. Um, so could you tell me maybe a bit about the countries that you've lived in and the particular stance on LGBT? Well technically in Tunisia there are organizations that are a little bit underground that do have a movement that do talk about you know LGBT issues. However the country doesn't really recognize um, LGBTQ rights and also same-sex activity may lead to some legal troubles for some people. And you also lived in Taiwan for a while, didn't you? Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, Taiwan was probably a bit more liberal when it comes to LGBTQ and um, recently, as you've seen, they've now legalized gay marriage. Yeah. When I lived there in 2003, it was still a movement that was very much still happening, but it was a bit more open. I would say it was a bit more similar to our Western counterparts. And again, people there didn't necessarily discuss it in the workplace, but it still was known as where I feel maybe in some places and other parts of the world you may mm -hmm. um, be a bit more discreet and it's not as, it's not as seen, I would say. Did you have any reservations before you went to places like Tunisia or even Taiwan back in the early noughties on going there as a member of the LGBT community and how that may affect your, your work or, or your quality of life there? It's definitely something I thought of, but I didn't think it was my overall deciding factor. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about that, well, if the government feels a particular way, that means the people obviously feel that way. And that wasn't necessarily the case in countries that were a bit more conservative. In fact, I found just as many open local people who got to know me and became my friend and didn't take any issue with being gay, straight, or bisexual. So in countries where there is a lot of discrimination against LGBT, is there still a sense of community? Well, that's an interesting question because I never felt like my life was in jeopardy where I lived. I would definitely not recommend going out and waving a rainbow flag in some Mm -hmm. bit more conservative countries, but fine, fair enough, that would go almost for anything though because you have to get certain permits to protest and you have certain, you know, certain channels you have to go through. And it's not really, I didn't feel that it was my right to say this is what you should do with your country. I considered myself a guest. But if you asked, if you meant if I had people around me that were supportive of me, yeah. And did we discuss issues? Did we talk about things? Did we talk about the problems in that particular mm -hmm. place? Absolutely. Or the worries and concerns, yeah. So I never felt isolated where I felt like I didn't have a community around me. And of course, that can vary to country to country because, you know, you can't just lump like all countries into one. Because what's a particular problem in one country doesn't necessarily mean it's another 
you know, take the fact that in Tunisia, women work in government and drive cars and drive by themselves. In Saudi Arabia, they, they didn't at that time. And that's now just recently changed. But that was a problem in Saudi Arabia, not Tunisia. And again, I feel that, you know, it kind of depends on where you live, what country you live in, and just automatically the people that you surround yourself with. And again, no, I didn't run down the street and, you know, with a rainbow flag and whistle saying, look at me, you know. But could you find any uh, pro-LGBT events, for example? Um, yes, but they were very much underground. You know, they were very much like, you know, passed along and they were held mm -hmm. at people's homes or they were held at like a bar that we happened to know that was a bit more mixed and that the suspicion wasn't exactly, we weren't seen. Quite positive from what you just described. Do you think like others could have other experiences that probably aren't as positive and as smooth as yours has been? That's interesting because a lot of people that had negative experiences, it usually related back to their family. Like their families had more of an issue, just like you would like maybe perhaps in the States or Europe, they were afraid to tell their parents or when they had, it didn't seem to go over so well. I haven't personally or met anyone who's had legal problems or has been arrested or hurt by in some sort of way, but I know that there's been problems with some of my friends' employers and also maybe their family members and immediate friends. Mm -hmm. So talking about employers, did you ever feel like that your employers showed any prejudice against you or that being gay hindered your progress uh, all in w at work? I felt supported by the company I worked for. Well, the British Council has very strong workers' rights, I would say, and very supportive of gay and lesbian couples. However, due to country laws, though, you may not be able to bring your partner to certain countries. Mm -hmm. And that's not the fault of like the council, that's just the country where they don't recognize gay marriage. That could be many different places. In fact, Hong Kong does not recognize gay marriage. Even a country as you know, international as Hong Kong, LGBTQ rights are also still developing here. And with employers though, like there's with some employees, they do have protection, with other employers, they don't. So definitely Western employee employers tend to have more um, focus on protecting, you know, sexual minorities. So for listeners that may be of the LGBT community that are listening today, do you have any advice for them that you wish people had given you before you travelled? Yeah, I wish I had done a bit more research with like organisations and clubs and researching the laws um, regarding LGBTQ rights in those countries. Also, I was very fortunate that I worked for such a good organisation as the British Council at that time because, like I said, it was a very inclusive environment as far as like LGBTQ is concerned. And I hadn't researched that myself. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be fortunate. So mm -hmm. I would highly, highly suggest what type of organization you're working for, especially if they hold different principles and beliefs because there's a lot of different types of NGOs working out there, a lot of different types of missionaries that employ yeah. English teachers. You don't want to get into a position where perhaps you'd feel uncomfortable or mm -hmm. that was kind of limiting in your self-expression, if that's a problem for you. How would you recommend that they go about getting that information from, from companies? Is that just something that should be publicly available? It's publicly available. If a company yeah. operates a policy that is inclusive, they should have it advertised, right? It is. Usually, like the British Council on their website, they have it publicized, and we do not discriminate mm -hmm. against this, 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 and this, and it's actually quite available, and it's something people, like um, banks, for example, even if you're not like HSBC, Goldman Sachs, you know, um, they have very strong supportive LGBTQ, mm -hmm. you know, rights. So, and it's very much advertised 
as we've seen over the past yeah. year with the colored lions. <laughs> and there's all these organizations too, like even underground organizations that post information about LGBTQ uh, rights all over the place. Like when I thought about living in the Ukraine, I definitely researched that. Definitely, I was a little bit worried about that. And it was really well available through the internet and through like finding gay bars and finding local places, you'd find a lot of information just on that. I think that's some really good practical advice and some tangible things that people can do if they are thinking of uh, going to live or work in these countries. I'd like just like to say thank you very much to Brian yeah, thanks, for Brian. coming in today to You're speak welcome. to us. <laughs> so if you've got a question that you want us to answer, you can contact us at www.tesalpop.com. Alternatively, you can contact us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And that's all from us this week. See you next week.